Fresh Press for March 17th of 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new brood, wait, brood tunes and old quarantines. There it is. Perfect. There's so many better options you could have gone with there, but we'll leave that one in. Um, Andrew, today we're going to talk tangentially about our ongoing, well, pandemic. Um, in case you haven't heard people, there's this thing going around. It's called coronavirus. And um, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about it, specifically the corona part of the virus. It's specifically the beer. We're just going to talk about beer. That seems more relevant and more fun than talking about Contagion for another week, which may or may not have been in poor taste last week, so we apologize for that. <laughs> it wasn't in poor taste when we did it, and then things sort of went to shit even more. Turns out humans are bad at understanding exponential growth, and as are podcasters. Andrew, do you like beer? Um, I, there are certain types of beer that I enjoy. Like Corona? No, not Corona. <laughs> Uh, no, I like a sour beer. Okay. I like a dark beer. And I like certain hazy IPAs that are not that are more hazy than they are IPA. Okay, yeah. So you like fruit and chocolate. That makes sense. I'm not gonna do a beer spiel. Everybody knows about beer. You've had beer. Maybe you haven't had beer. Maybe you're under twenty one and you're not allowed to drink beer. In which case don't drink beer. Um also right now. Drinking alcohol is bad for your immune system, so maybe don't drink beer anyway. That's not going to stop anybody from drinking. No, especially not today when this episode airs, which is sort of beer day for America. Oh, that's the other reason we were going to do beer. <laughs> yeah. Don't go out for St. Patrick's Day, people. Philly people in particular. Ugh. Sometimes you can't have good beer, Andrew. So what do you do in that case? In that case, you drink liquor. If you don't have any liquor, uh, then you listen to the song "Bad Beer" by Slaughter Beach Dog. <laughs> that was what you were opening me up for, right? Yep, that was the one. <laughs> okay, good. About the songs that I would sing over the summer when we go. I have mentioned Slaughter Beach Dog on this uh, show before uh, for our year-end episode. So I talked a lot about Slaughter Beach Dog and, and who they are um, uh, in that episode, but I'll just give you a quick rundown. Uh, it's uh, the solo project of Jake Ewald, who was one of the two main members of Modern Baseball, um, based in Philly. Um, and this song is off of their, I believe, second album. Uh, entitled Birdie, which is my favorite album of theirs, and one that I own on compact disc. What? You have CDs from 2017? I bought this CD at a concert in 2019. <laughs> you bought it? Do you have a CD player anywhere in your life? Yes. I have a six CD changer in my car. Wow. And this CD is currently in there. So this is off of Birdie. This album, I think the whole album... He just did the entire thing himself. I don't think he engineered it, but I think he played all the instruments himself. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the track info on Genius, which may or may not be accurate, and it's just it just says Jake Ewald everywhere. Yeah, for all of the instruments. No, I think that's I think that's correct. He's a pretty talented musician. This whole album, I think, is just is is really excellent writing in a way that maybe I wouldn't necessarily have appreciated if I had come across. Well, I guess I couldn't have before because this album came out in 2017. But uh, if I'd come across this album like in high school, I'd probably have been like, mm, these lyrics aren't good enough because I like only Death Cab for Cutie lyrics. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, you know that, definitely. Um, but uh, his lyrics in this song and in all of his music are this sort of direct and like just informal kind of poetic to me. That I, that I really love where uh, like it rhymes, but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like structured. It just feels like, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. It just, it just feels so natural and like, like a. Yeah. Well, like in this song, he intersperses a lot. There are lines that are rhyming and then there'll be an occasional lyric that doesn't rhyme directly or is like a very slant rhyme um it's not like precise like night with light kind of rhymes right and he'll like pluralize words that wouldn't necessarily fit into the rhyme and he doesn't have a really fixed lyric meter obviously you have the song going underneath but it's not as you know it doesn't feel like a nursery rhyme for instance right and i think part of that is is the rhyme will happen before the end of like a thought before the end of a line so that it doesn't feel like he's like trying to end every, it doesn't feel like a, an abrupt, like stop on a rhyme for, for the rhyme's sake. Um, you know, like, like, so here's, here's an example, uh, from the chorus, everything new is a little bit bad and everything old turns you off. I can't take all these locals, Annie, when all they do is scoff at us. So off and scoff is the rhyme. Uh, but he finishes it. It's not like he's just when all I do is scoff, which would just feel like, like that wouldn't make any sense. He finishes it in a very normal way, uh, but still hits that rhyme in it. And it is pleasing in both the expected and unexpected realms. His lyrics feel like natural English language. Very conversational. Yeah, conversational is absolutely important. Everything new is a little bit bad And everything old turns you off I can't take all these locals any When all they do is scoff at us Anyway, here's where I gotta get going For Bad Beer in particular, I'm uh, amazed by how he manages to make the lyrics both a little bit down and out, but also hopeful. Like everything feels like it's kind of got like a little bit of a, ah, like a positive spin on it, like a, a shine on it. Even though yeah. the the opening line to the chorus, right, is everything new is a little bit bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's really a, something that, that goes through most, if not all of this album. Um, the song that comes right before this, Pretty Okay, is also kind of like that, as you can probably tell from the title, Pretty Okay. Sure, yeah. Like, there's just, there's this, like, shrug behind all of it, which, like, is really endearing, I think. Yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I also just appreciate any song that mentions the Broad Street train, because that's the train that I take every day to and from work. 
lately it has been very empty. It's really wonderful to listen to an artist who references the places that you've been to or that you're from. And there are plenty of bands and artists from Philly that never talk about Philly in their music. So when you get a little gem of like, oh, I know, like, I know that place, not just, oh, I've heard of that place or, oh, I can imagine being there. Or even I've visited as a tourist, but like, I know it, like the Broad Street line. Yeah. Um, And understanding, being able to picture that whole environment. It's such a nice touch and it's, it really grounds you in, if you're, if you're from that place, you being from Philly, it really grounds you in that location and environment. And then you saw this little kid Let out a whisper while he hid Big box of candy on the broad street train his deck. I also really like the guitar the slide guitar that's on this uh, song. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to say about it. It just fits really nicely. I, I feel like the whole song works together very cohesively. Yeah, all the instrumentation is just, it just feels right, which again, it's not like, <laughs> because he recorded all these parts, it's not like there's a band playing together in the studio. They're not recording any of this live. He's He's tracking it. Um, but it feels it feels really tight. There's actually there's a great video of him playing this song um, solo just on guitar, and you can see how obviously he's only playing one instrument when there's you know five or six instruments in this recording. But he really like puts together the whole song just solo, which is why it makes sense to me that he's like the mastermind behind the entire production, and not just like the guitar part and the and the singing. Right. Like at that little breakdown moment in the, in the third verse in the recording, the uh, instruments cut out and there's just a, a bass drum going bump, 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 bump. And he does that by just like tapping on the body of the guitar and then like plays a chord, bump, bump, bump. And it's just, it's just so, it's so nice how that enti- this entire song, which I love the all of the instrumental parts gets put into this little microcosm that is just as effective, I think. You never told me how it felt When you were crying by yourself All of the people on the Crosstown bus So, Gabe, you were going to pick a modern baseball song for this. I was, and then I realized after you mentioned that it would be ironic that uh, Jake Uild was in modern baseball. Uh, but it's okay. I have a great alternative, although I would say that George Thorgood and the Destroyers are maybe a little bit better known than modern baseball. Maybe less so these days, but nonetheless... This song is One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer from George Thorgood and the Destroyers. I want to tell you a story about the house went blue. I come home one Friday, had to tell the landlady I done lost my job. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. 
So, Andrew, I grew up on a Greatest Hits CD that sat in the family car of George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Did you have those? Like, there's just, like, the same six CDs that were always in the car when you were growing up. And if you want to listen to any music, this is what you listen to. It was first was, like, this and the doors and I don't know. You can tell from what generation my parents are. <laughs> yeah, that that I do have that. Although the I do have like a childhood recollection of of this song uh, as performed by John Lee Hooker, though. Yes, I was going to talk about that. So this song is broken down broadly into two parts. Uh, there is the first part where George Thorogood is playing the guitar or. Um, basically these big bluesy guitar hits while telling a story. Um, like Sing saying a story about how he as the singer lost his job and I can't pay his rent and he's trying to find a place to live. It's just like a very blues story with a very blues tone. And then the second half of the song is the singer in the bar ordering these drinks and staying until last call at 3 a.m. Okay. Both parts of those of the song are taken from two different John Lee Hooker songs. So one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer is a John Lee Hooker song that actually he didn't originally write. It was written by Amos Milburn in the 50s. And then Hooker recorded it in the 60s and Thorgood released this song in 77. And then the first half of the song is a rendition, a cover of another John Lee Hooker song called House Rent Boogie. <laughs> um, so the story goes that Thorgood was like, oh, I'm just going to throw them together because the House Rent Boogie explains why this guy ends up in a bar drinking one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. <laughs> and so he calls up John Lee Hooker. He's like, hi, this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, cool, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just very blues, like the whole blues culture um like yeah sure take my song do whatever you want with it like it's more based around like the standard tradition of jazz than you know the band that recently sued uh, Led Zeppelin for Stairway to Heaven everybody's copying each other in the blues scene everybody knows it so it's okay I'm gonna get a loser need me a triple shot of that juice gonna get drunk don't have no fear separate pieces of the song that really stand out to me, Andrew. The first is George Thorogood's voice. Um, so he's from Wilmington, Delaware, and apparently he was recently voted by Delaware Today, one of the 50 most important Delawareans of the last 50 years. So what what number was he, or was it not ranked? I don't think it was ranked. I think it was just... But also, like, Cowards. I can't name 50 people from Delaware. And I you probably people can. from Delaware. You just don't know that they're from Delaware. Yeah, well, maybe that's true because if you're from Delaware, you're really just from Philly or farms, I guess. It's like Joe Biden and George Thorogood, I guess, is all I can name. Anybody else? I, I don't know, but like I'm sure that there are people. I'm looking it up now. 50 most famous 
Um, I don't know who these people are. Ooh, that's don't know any of these people. Uh, Elizabeth Shue is from Delaware. I don't know who that is. She's an actress. You know who she is. Anyway, so he has a very distinctive voice, and he's got kind of this growl going on. George Thorgood's probably best known for uh, Bad to the Bone, um, where he really plays that up. Can I stay with you maybe a couple days? He said, let me go and ask my wife. He come out of the house. I can see in his face. I know there was no. He said, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, she got a funny, you know. I said, I know. Everybody funny. Now you for that too. The second thing is obviously the blues guitar that he's playing. It's fun just to hear like these big licks in between each uh, line of every verse. And then when it all... It, the the licks like get longer and longer as the song moves along, so it builds and builds, and there's kind of this tension building in the first half of the song, and then when he jumps into the one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer part of the song, it's like a really rolling blues. Yeah, and something that Thorgood did uh, as opposed to John Lee Hooker is he took both these songs and brought them up tempo by about twenty clicks, so it's much more like like a driving blues rather than kind of like a mellow like front porch blues. Yeah, when it opens up into the one bourbon, one scotch, one beer section, it's so satisfying, especially because it's been like three minutes of this like rambling story. And then like the guitar really comes in and everything just like, yeah. It really just clicks all at once. Um, And it's a really long song. So he's like singing about like him not being able to pay his rent for like four minutes, right? And you're like, all right, let's get on with this now. <laughs> and then he does, and it's great. I bar, you know, people. I go to the bar. I rent my coat. I call a bartender. So look, man, come down here. He got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. Now, Gabe, I do have a question about your selection of this song because it it fits with our theme, obviously, or else you wouldn't have chosen it. So it has the beer aspect. Mm -hmm. But the reason besides uh, the dumb coronavirus joke that we chose the the name, the theme of beer is because it's St. Patrick's Day and you've chosen a song that mentions beer. Okay, that's St. Patrick's Day. And then two kinds of whiskey that aren't Irish. That's because scotch and bourbon are better forms of whiskey. Wow. Than Irish whiskey. Trashing Ireland on Ireland Day. Hey, look, you know, what am I going to do about it? I don't, I'm not Irish. I'm a little Irish. Everybody's a little Irish. I got to be honest, I actually prefer Irish whiskey to scotch. Wow. But I prefer bourbon to both, so. Um, you know, he mentions other liquors, uh, he mentions whiskey, just whiskey, whiskey. It is a little redundant. I've been drinking bourbon, whiskey, scotch. Like, those are all whiskey. It's all the same. That's like saying I've been drinking whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. And then gin. Oh, he also mentions gin. Yeah, gin is sort of the odd one out here. But also, Andrew, I feel like there weren't many choices for beer songs. Lots of songs talk about beer. But most of them are 
terrible country music. <laughs> There's a lot of bad music about beer. But George Thorgood classes it out with a little bit of scotch on Ireland Day. Come down here. You got down now. So what you want this time? I said, look, man. Oh, what time is it? He said the clock on the wall said three o'clock. So I've been sitting at home for the last week. Can't really go anywhere. Everything's closed. But that's okay, Andrew, because despite all the concerts that I wanted to attend over the next month being canceled, I can still listen to plenty of good new music inside the comfort of my own home. Yeah, I predicted last week that music was going to be canceled by this week, and it hasn't yet. Just live music. Only live music. But recorded music's still out. And it seems like you found some good one. Yeah, a I good. sure did find some good one. <laughs> um, my new pick for this week is a song called Temple uh, by Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. Let's start out with the obvious. Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. What a fucking good band name. It is so good. If it were just Tao and the Get Down, it wouldn't be as good. But Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down? Like, yeah, Get Down, Stay Down. Come on. That's how <laughs> I feel so about it. It's so fucking good. Um, you should also let our listeners know that how Tao is spelled because it's not spelled like it's pronounced in English. Uh, yes, Tao is T-H-A-O. Um, it's the first name of the front woman, Tao Nguyen. Um, she is a Vietnamese-American uh, musician, as you may have guessed that she was maybe a musician from <laughs> from the fact that I'm picking one of her songs. Yeah. Oh, she makes music. Um, I am not at all familiar with her work, although this is uh, the fifth studio album by tao and the get down stay down so i'm kind of embarrassed by that i'd also never heard of her them but this song temple is so i can't really put i can't really put this song into context with any of her other work because i haven't heard any of it but um this song temple uh is about um she took a trip i think like two or three years ago uh to vietnam with her mother um, which was the first time that she had been there and the first time that her mother had been there since leaving Vietnam at the height of the Vietnam War. Right. Um, and she apparently, I mean, obviously, and also according to her discussion about it, it was a very like emotional experience. And she said that she had never really talked in a lot of detail with her mom about the war and her experiences. But when they went to Vietnam together, it was it was really emotional and they wanted to talk about it and had so many things to tell her um, just a really powerful experience so this song temple is written from her mother's perspective sort of speaking to her about her experience and 
the way that that has shaped her hopes for and perspective on her daughter's life. Yeah, the lyrics are uh, intense and very clearly about the Vietnam War. Yeah, the chorus that repeats um, is, I lost my city in the light of day, thick smoke, helicopter blades, heaven and earth, I've never moved so fast, you'll never know the fear your mama has. I lost my city in the light of day, thick smoke, helicopter blades, heaven and earth, I've never moved so fast, you'll never know the fear your mama has, I know your father can't call anymore, he never... The aspect of the song that strikes me is right at the beginning, there is an uh, amazing guitar riff that then gets like subsumed mm-hmm. by a bass line that is not in the same meter but that works <laughs> i i don't really know how she did it yeah like the the guitar at the opening is really harsh so that was like i started listening to the song i was like mm, this is maybe not for me um but i'm so glad that you used the word subsumed because it was also the word that i was thinking of it just gets uh like incorporated with it like brings in this bass line and everything folds together and also but it still has that harshness of that guitar that complements the intensity of the lyrics i think yeah i think that's right and also maybe says something about that kind of off balance nature of being in this place with your mom and learning about your history <laughs> So this, the chorus that, that repeats a lot is very rhythmic, but she has this verse sort of in the middle that's a lot more conversational and sort of out of time that is like her mother showing her a photograph saying, look at this one, I want you to see. Fashion was high, my hair was so long. This was maybe 73. And there's a rhyme there of I want you to see and this was maybe 73. But it's so, like we were talking about with the Slaughter Beach Dog song, it's so conversational that it feels more like an incidental rhyme than an intentional one. Yeah, I feel like the song has lots of different pieces to it that work really well in synchrony, but they feel grabbed out of place. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, no, it does. I mean, it, almost, it does feel like, okay, like maybe she wrote this in this in Vietnam while she was there and then came back and revisited it. And so it feels like they're pulled out of another time and stitched together. Yeah, I think that's a good way of a good way of describing it. And that's sort of the thing that kept me that ultimately made me decide to choose this song. There were a lot of other good songs that I was listening to this week, but the story behind this song and the way that story was expressed uh through the lyrics and through the music just kept pulling me back in. So I f- I felt like I had to talk about it. Definitely.
Uh, so what do you have for me, Gabe? Yeah, this is also a song that I kept returning to, particularly an album that I kept returning to because the melodies got stuck in my head. So this is Lonely After from Yumi Zuma and their new record, which is entitled Truth or Consequences. So I also want to talk about the band name right at the front because I think it's a great band name, even though I have no idea where it comes from. Uh, Yumi Zuma, that's Y-U-M-I space Z-O-U-M-A. Now, it's not great if you pronounce it in American English, but this band is from New Zealand. So just imagine somebody saying Yumi Zuma in a New Zealand accent, and it's so much better. I don't have to imagine. Gabe, you're so good at New Zealand accent. Could you do it for me? Yumi Zuma. (laughs) I think that was Australian. Anyway, not great. Um, So this is a quartet from Christchurch. They knew each other starting in maybe like 2010, but they didn't start recording music until after the 2011 earthquake in Christchurch, which destroyed that city. Um, There's an eight point something earthquake that flattened the entire city of Christchurch, which is a major city in New Zealand. So they got together and started as a long-distance recording group. Um, So members of the band are kind of scattered all over the globe, like the United States, different places in New Zealand, at the UK, I think. And they get together every now and again and record. But otherwise, they're like just sending music back and forth from each other, which is a pretty, well, feels very relevant in this time when we're not supposed to leave the house, but also is one of the amazing things that, recent technology has provided and the internet has provided is the ability to create music with somebody or a podcast with somebody even though you're not anywhere near where they live. Um, I discovered Yumizuma after their most recent EP which I want to say came out in 2000, end of 2018 just titled EP3 um, and the, the opening track off that is Powder Blue and I loved that song and that EP for the same reason that I really like this song Lonely After in that it has uh, a like a very light feel to it, and also the melodies of the vocal lines are really fucking catchy. Like get they got stuck in my said head so easily. I'm just like I was like like sweeping yesterday. And I was like singing this song to myself. I was like oh, I should probably bring this song, but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I I would classify this more as uh, like an alternative pop than like indie rock. Andrew, how did how did you feel? Yeah, about I that? think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I listened to this whole album and really enjoyed it. This was definitely a lot of the stuff from here was on my top list. But it 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 is more, I think, on the poppy side than the than the rock side. If that has to be a dichotomy that we accept, I mean, it doesn't have to be. We can reject it entirely. But um. Either way, good music. Um, so the vocalist is Christy Simpson. 
she sings pretty low in the register for like lyrics and then and then jumps up for the chorus, which isn't like a particularly shocking thing to do, I suppose, but uh her voice is very smooth. There's no like hard edges on it, which makes me kind of ha- like it, it's like feel good music, even though the lyrics aren't necessarily that way. Um, the way that everything's kind of a little shimmery with lots of reverb and light and airy lyric, uh, light and airy vocals. Um, yeah, is I think nice. that's part of what makes it feel more poppy than than rocky to me. That's very possible. That's part of it. Um, so I thought that this song was probably written about a breakup originally, although it was kind of hard to parse the lyrics um, because they're a little bit all over the place. Um, they're not telling, I guess, a single coherent story. They're more expressing lots of emotions. Um, but I was on their Bandcamp page um, trying to find some answers. Um, and apparently it's the song was written on new on a new year's eve when simpson was or not simpson sorry one of the other members of the band who wrote the lyrics to start or started writing the lyrics was like alone on new year's eve and was writing about the start of a relationship not the end of one which is my initial impression yeah i felt like the vibe i was getting from it especially the the title line was like a relationship with someone where you are definitely more into it than they, like they're just in it for the physical aspect of it. And you are like actually trying to be like, no, like stick around, please. Yeah. I, I get that as well. Um, there's one particular line that I loved in the song, which is at the end of the second verse, um, she sings. And now I fall through your ceiling. Like I'm the only one, always the hardest to text, uh, yeah. which is a very, uh, I think everybody's been there like, oh, it's or like been, I think, on both sides of that, like feeling like somebody doesn't want to text you back. Like they always are responding to you a couple of days late. Or also being on the one side where somebody's texting you and you're like, ah, do I have to answer this right now? So as I mentioned earlier, I was supposed to see Tame Impala and Claro was opening for them. Uh, and it was going to be a big thing at the Chase Center in San Francisco, but all live music is canceled. So we're just going to move on to other great new music that was released this weekend. There was some good stuff. Um, Andrew, anything that really stood out to you? Um, I really enjoyed the Districts album. They're a Philly band who put out a new album this week, and they played their home show at union transfer this weekend and then cancel the rest of their tour so damn yeah I, the districts are great uh, although i haven't had a chance to listen to this record um they're one of somehow an insane number of bands that's come out of lancaster pennsylvania which is like an hour west right. of philly 
And then another thing that I really liked this week was um, Fen Lilly, who is a musician who I saw open for, I want to say Lucy Dacus last year. Uh, she just got signed to Dead Oceans, which is an indie label. And uh, she released a song called Hypochondriac, which was an interesting week for, interesting week for that to be released. Yeah, for real. Wow. Uh, but it's a really great song. It's just absolutely a jam. It's really well executed, and I recommend it. Uh, Gabe, what, what else were you listening to? Um, I really liked the album that came out from Ultraista, which is uh, kind of an experimental electronic uh, project from Nigel Godrich, who... Godric, Godrich, who I didn't know, but it turns out he's produced every single Radiohead album, so... You didn't know that? Look, I'm not a Radiohead fanboy in quite the same way you are, you know? I guess so. Um, And he worked... He did Adams for Peace, so I should have known him, but uh, yeah. the project is... You can hear a lot of, like, I'd say early 2000s Radiohead in it, like lots of Hail to the Thief-esque pieces, um, the other album that I really loved this week was Fortet released a new record called 16 Oceans. If you're into like kind of chill, interesting electronic music, um, uh, Kieran Hebden, who is the, who is Fortet is awesome. Oh, and the other thing we should mention is as of the recording of this podcast, uh, Childish Gambino dropped a record on his website. I don't know. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but that's a surprise awesome release that I'm looking forward to listening to. Beyond all the good music, you should know that you can find us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. You can also find a playlist of all the music on our show on Spotify. Um, did you like that New Zealand accent? Um, and you can... No, that didn't sound... I don't think that O was right. Uh, that was too British. Well... You're probably right. Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. There we go. Um, that's pretty good. There we go. I knew I had it in there somewhere. Um, and you can find that link in the show notes. Yeah, and stay healthy and safe this week. Um, wash your hands lots. Practice social distancing. Listen to more music than you've ever listened to in your life. And listen to our show. Um, we'll be back on March 24th, provided the world hasn't ended by then. Nothing, Andrew. Okay. Uh, oh, did you did you ask me to say something? No, I was just giving you a pregnant pause to fill in. Well, you gotta you gotta tell me. I don't want to interrupt you if you're just if you're just on a roll. Yeah, definitely on a roll. Mm, eat me like a croissant. Um, okay, let's end the show. <laughs> My name's Gabe. My name is Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed. 